listening to Your Bright Future with Mrs. J and Mr. LD, a Loveridge counseling podcast connecting home and school and helping to create a bright future for your students. Welcome back to the podcast, Loveridge families. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the podcast. We hope you're listening regularly. We hope you're subscribing. We're, we love sharing these fun things uh, with you. And so we want you to keep tuning in. Uh, today, we're going to talk about our lessons that are coming up in November. I think we're scheduled to teach on the 17th and 18th. And so Mr. LD is going to be talking about confidence uh, in his upcoming lesson. And I am going to be talking about the decisions we make regarding parents. And so Mr. LD, give us yeah, your overview. For sure. Thank you. And, and I just want to say also, it's so fun when we get to be in the classroom with your kids. I, I, that's one it's of my, my favorite. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we said that right on cue that yeah, we didn't did. even practice that, that's right. but we love being in the classroom. It's so fun. It's a great way for us to kind of meet with your students in, in that, that big format. And, and then, you know, often students want to come talk to us about those individual things. I love when kids linger afterwards and say, Oh, I I have this thought about that. It's it's so cute the the little connections they make. So it's it's super fun, and, and I'm glad we're able to do this so we could kind of just reinforce with with you at home what we're kind of talking about with your your students here. And and like Tanya said, I la- the first C of resiliency was competence, and I I did that for October, and then for November we're doing confidence, and those are definitely connected. Competence. We we did a podcast where I spoke about that. That's where you feel competent. You know, you've in specific areas from experience. You you've done those things. You know, I am competent at that. I know I can do. You know, timed tables. You know, students can be competent mm-hmm. at that. Then that can grow into confidence. You know, you're competent in a certain area. Going back to the times tables as examples, that helps you be more confident and learning new math skills, new math abilities. And, and of course, that works in all aspects of life, not just math, even though math is an important one that we want our kids to grow that confidence. Um, it, it is critical that we, we help our kids do that, and it helps us be resilient. And a big part of that is being able to manage challenges. Because inevitably, I mean, that's what resiliency is all about, but we all fail, we all slip up sometimes, we all struggle, whether it's with math, reading, you know, a subject at school, in our social life, in our families, right? We, we as parents, as siblings, as children, we struggle. We're, in, we're human. We make mistakes, and that is expected and, and will happen to the best of us. And, and having that confident, confidence is where we could pick ourselves up and kind of keep going. Right. Um, and that just comes from practice, you know, practice 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 problem solving and that's one thing in this lesson i talk about with kids is practice problem solving in different aspects of your life in your in your subjects in your social life some students making friends comes very easy and and they've been competent and they have confidence to go forward with that others it's a struggle Mm -hmm. and they don't have that confidence and 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 social making those social connections confidence goes so far i i remember i mean this is just kind of a silly example that we could probably relate to but in high school i wasn't the most confident with like talking to girls i liked but there were always those guys that were and i was always so upset because confidence even though they could kind of 
be jerks sometimes, <laughs> that confidence would go so far. To, oh, yeah, to, they got away with a lot. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, part of that's being teenagers. I mean, adults, it's, that same game applies. But confidence can have a positive impact across the board. Um, and one thing that is critical that we kind of work with our students on with, with that is is recognizing what they're good at. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy. We all naturally... Our brains has that have that natural inclination to focus on the negative, where we fail, where we're weak, and and that could be good good in some ways where we recognize and want to improve, mm-hmm. and kind of set goals to improve, but it's important at the same time to focus on where we are good, and and so often our sixth and seventh graders here, um, many of them do do that, but some just get so focused, lasered in on their 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 failures where they're falling apart. And, and as parents, you know this. You know where your students are insecure and, and don't have that competence or confidence, you know, those those general areas. And and so we try to teach them to focus on the good. Because all our kids, I love telling kids how amazing they are, how how great, how lovely, how kind, how, you know, mm-hmm. all those things and helping that them see that in themselves. One of my favorite things when I'm, I have a student that's struggling with anxiety or just self-worth. After a visit, I, I have them kind of name three things about themselves that they really enjoy. And it could be small or big. And I'll usually start. And often I don't even, you know, know them well. But in my, you know, five, ten-minute meeting, I could pick up on two or three things that are really great about them. And sometimes they really struggle. It, it might be just like, well, I like my shoes, you know, things like that. And, and I push them to get deeper if they're able to. And that could be a very positive emotional experience often and often for those students that focus on that good. And, yeah, it, it's it just helps them kind of see that confidence. Yeah, our brains are wired to um, to learn from practice, right? So the more we do something, the more our brain is going to connect those uh those neural pathways and so if kids are not in the practice of you know running down their positive qualities or if they're only focused on the negative then those are the those are the neural pathways that are really strong but it takes kind of a conscious effort to start creating new pathways in Mm -hmm. your brain and so um so we you know naturally if we just let the the our brain do what it wants to do then we have to sometimes take corrective action and Mm -hmm. be like we need to focus on the things you are good at and that does build confidence and then they do see the benefits of that and it and i think the main in my mind one of the main differences between competence and confidence is you know competence is the skill that you have confidence is really that risk-taking quality Definitely. that you you know you are not going to hold yourself back because you've had these experiences you know you're good at certain things and then you can generalize that you can make that expand out to other to apply to other areas of your life. And so those two things are so interconnected, but but it also takes a lot of a lot of practice like you said. We've yeah. got to start making the making your brain cooperate with you so that it's really being positive and focusing on what is important. Yeah, I love that. And and kind of that risk taking helping students be okay with failure. Yes. is is critical cuz like I kind of began with, we all fall down sometimes. We all slip up. Um you know, it's so funny. I, I have a almost one-year-old at home right now, and he's just barely learning to walk and toddle around. And he is constantly walking and constantly falling. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the, obviously he's a one-year-old compared to six- or seven-year-old. But that he has that 
he, he got pretty competent crawling around. He got competent, you know, leaning on things and standing. And that helped him have that confidence to, to walk around. And mm-hmm. it, it's so cute to see when he is able to take a few steps, the big smile he gets, and then immediately he'll fall on his face. But he doesn't <laughs> give up. He keeps going. And obviously he's not consciously thinking about that at that age, but it's so relatable. It is. Our, our kids, you know, kids that struggle socially, talking to someone new at lunch, maybe that doesn't go well. And that stings. And, and, and it's easy to kind of retreat and say, well, I tried once and nobody likes me. But going out and realizing failure is part of it. And again, focusing on the good when you do, are successful. But but the one thing we try to tell kids is perfectionism is the enemy of a resiliency. Yes. Because if you see yourself, oh, I'm a straight-A student and I only can be a straight-A student. And again, we want them to aim at that. We want them to push themselves. But if they get their first C in a, on a grade or in a class, that they don't totally fall apart, that they're able to pick up those pieces and, and be confident and go forward. And, and, and that is resiliency, right? And that confidence helps with that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and being okay with failure, that is inevitable in every aspect of our lives, sports, school, social aspects, home stuff. We, we all make mistakes. And, and the big thing is how we handle those and that we learn from them going forward. And isn't it so much better for kids to learn from mistakes they make in intermediate school totally. than to maybe put off some of those things and and uh, and kind of manipulate situations so there's not as much failure. Definitely. And then when it comes, you know, later on in life in high school or in a <laughs> you know in a job or some of those places, and if that's the first time they're really experiencing that learning from their mistakes or learning from their failure. Uh, then that can be really devastating. Yeah. That can be a lot more uh, tragic than if they're making it in a sixth grade math yeah. class or if they're making it in seventh grade lunchroom. You know, that's yeah. that's a that's a huge uh, a huge benefit to allowing kids to fall For sure. a little bit in the middle school and intermediate school. Yeah, ages. yeah, good point. And that, and that will be my last thought I got before we jump to families. But having worked with high school students, and I have family that works at DSU, the university here, and don't be as parents and i know this is hard but don't be afraid of letting your kids fail Mm -hmm. right now exactly what tanya is saying it's much easier (laughs) for them to fail now and kind of see that they will be okay for you and for them honestly Mm -hmm. and to be able to pick themselves up then in high school or when they're off at college my my dad who is a professor there has students that do not have that resiliency and, and maybe college the first time that they don't get a straight A in a class and they fall apart. There's great students that drop out of college because it's the first time they've they've failed in quotes, you know, yeah. that they've they've kind of disappointed themselves or maybe their parents. But failing now and and and, and again, it is hard as parents. We don't like seeing our kids sad no. and hurting, but for the long term growth, it is so critical to to help them see that they are confident that they can be resilient and confident even when they fall down, even when they make mistakes. Mm, love that. Love that. All right. So in seventh grade this uh, coming month in November, we are going to be talking about the third decision uh, in the six most important decisions that kids can make in this decade of decisions that we have between age 12 and 22. Um, and so the third uh topic we're talking about is parents and so there's a lot of decisions that kids make around the topic of parents that maybe they don't really think about this is this is often the first time that they're really getting like a formal lesson on this kind of thing because parents the parent-child relationship is just so 
organic usually. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's not a lot of like, you don't really talk about it a whole lot. So it's an interesting lesson for us to teach. Um, but we talk about several key points, key concepts. And one of those is we t- really talk to the kids about trust, tr- the trust between a parent and a child. Because once that trust is broken, you guys all know as parents, uh, once your child lies to you or once there's been like a, a an intentional deception of some kind, it's like it's so much harder to then trust your child again. And so we want to give the kids this point of view that that it's really their responsibility to be trustworthy and to make sure that they're they're treating other people fairly, honestly, uh, and using the golden rule in all things, mm-hmm. right? Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And that includes your parents. That includes the people in your family and the people you love. Um, sometimes we've, you know, we've heard this idea that some, we hurt the loves we, the ones we love mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we maybe take a little bit more chances with the people who are closest with us because we have that secure relationship. But, but I feel like kids can learn how to uh, treat the people that they are closest to with that basic respect that we that we want them to have for all people um, and really be, make a conscious effort at building trust and making sure that you have the the trust with your parents because that is what brings freedom so we talk not only about trust but we talk about boundaries then and how parents will often set boundaries like a curfew or like a um, expectation of chores at home or they'll just you know they set these boundaries we all do and the reason that we do that with our children is so that they can have more freedom. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how when the trust is broken, when the boundary is, uh, when that boundary is broken, that your freedom actually gets tightened up. You know, that's when you have to ground your kids or that's when you have to, you know, tend them to time out or that's when you have to put restrictions on mm-hmm. them because they've shown you through their uh, untrustworthy actions that they need a little bit more guidance. But the more they can respect the boundaries, the more they can build that trust. Then as parents, the more likely we are to to let our kids be free. You yeah. know, I, I remember when my teenagers were at home and uh, and as long as they were following the rules, as long as they were home by curfew, you know, I didn't mind letting them take the car and they could kind of go do their own thing as, as time went by. But as soon as I didn't know where they were or as soon as they, you know, came home too late at night, that was like, oh, I guess we need to start pulling back, pulling Mm -hmm. back, right? So it's very beneficial, I think, for kids to learn that the reasons parents put those boundaries in place is because they want to be able to trust their kids and they want to be able to let them have that freedom to kind of grow and make mistakes, just like we were talking about earlier. Um, We also talk to kids about uh, being proactive in the relationship. And don't just sit back and wait for a parent to praise you or to give mm-hmm. you a job to do or to, you know, do something nice for your family. But you can you can be proactive about that. And you can, you know, thank your mom for bringing home the groceries one day. Or you can do something nice. You make your little brother's bed. Or you can, you know, tell your dad thanks for, for working so hard for the family. Or, or however that family looks to you, you know, you're going to be building up that family. And and giving compliments and doing kind things and doing nice things for each other. Um, and it is one of one of the seven habits that, that this book is kind of based on, the be proactive, uh, that you can look for good ways to build others up and to build up your world and your family. So we talk about that. Um, we also, another big key point that we talk about is communication with parents. So this is hard for some kids, mm-hmm. especially at this age. You know, they start to almost withdraw a little bit, and I think that's because they are asserting 
a little bit more independence. They want to be considered more grown up, and so they they feel like they should have a little bit more autonomy, and they should make their own decisions a little bit more. But in the eyes of parents, they're still our young little yeah. babies, and we don't want to let them go too soon. So there's sometimes a battle there, mm-hmm. and sometimes a little power struggle. And so we teach them that communication really is the key to all of that, that, that you've got to talk to your parents. You have to bring them on board and and in the book, Sean Covey talks about how um, he was given the advice that if you, if you always consult your parents when making a major decision, you will never make a major dis- mistake. Mm. And I believe that's because, and I tell kids this all the time, I believe it's because your parents are your biggest fans. They yeah. are the people who want you to succeed and have a happy, successful life more than anyone else on the planet. Definitely. And they will do whatever they need to do to help you to make those right decisions. Um, they are the biggest cheerleaders. We know you guys are. We know you love your kids more than any anybody else. Um, we love your kids. We want to help them, but we know you are their biggest you know, support, their biggest cheerleader, their biggest influence. So we want them to have that open communication. Um, we also talk to kids about if they're hesitant to talk to their parents, like if they're nervous, if they're afraid in some way of talking to you, because, you know, they can be going through something pretty major mm-hmm. and, uh, and those things could include, you know, maybe they've started cutting, maybe mm-hmm. they have some suicidal thoughts, uh, maybe they're exploring their gender or sexual identity mm-hmm. and, those kinds of things are very terrifying to kids. And or, so or have friends confronting them with drugs or alcohol. Absolutely. Or There's so many things that start to happen right around this age. And so we want to, as parents, I think that we want to give them a safe place to mm-hmm. talk about those things. And I think we want them to, to talk to us, but sometimes it's scary for kids yeah. to talk. So what we teach them is that if you're ever in that situation, that maybe you start the conversation with your parents by saying, mom and dad, I have something I want to talk to you about, but I'm afraid to talk to you about mm-hmm. it. And I what that, that does for me as a parent is it gives me a little bit of a <laughs> warning that yeah. something big is coming <laughs> so that I can then, you know, tamp down my emotions mm-hmm. and I can kind of get a little bit of control and I can be like, okay, what, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready to talk about this. Tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest mistakes that I think I've ever made as a parent is having my child come to me to talk to about talk about one of those big situations and I let my emotions completely take over and and run with the conversation how could you do this why are you doing this how have I felt as a parent you know you're like <laughs> raising your fist to the sky and be like how why why but if you have that little buffer and the child kind of warns you, your student warns you like, this is coming mom and dad. So just prepare, then you can take a breath and you can center yourself and you can be like, this is coming. Okay, let's talk. And I will do my best to be calm Mm -hmm. and we'll have a rational discussion. And so part of the, the flip side of that is I tell the parent, I tell the kids, you know, you're, you've known these, you, you've been dealing with these things for a while. This is going to be a shock and a surprise to your mom and dad. So be patient with them. Be patient with them because this is sometimes the first time they're hearing about, you know, their struggles or their exposure to certain things. And so you got to give them a a chance to kind of catch up to those Mm -hmm. things. And so we really encourage kids to have that good communication with parents and home. And, you know, if they need counselor support, we're here. We're here to do that. Um, If you need counselor support, we are here for you. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that you guys can, we can facilitate that communication between you. 
and that it can be something that you are then building that competence and confidence that you can have those conversations mm-hmm. because the kids, this sometimes is the first time they've really ever had to talk about a serious subject yeah. with mom and dad and so, or grandma, grandpa, or whoever mm-hmm. that adult is in their life. And so it's, it's challenging. So we're giving the kids that support and we're hoping that they will really take that risk and reach out and it might take two or three different times you know might take two or three different conversations and in fact it could be an ongoing conversation for for a long long time but uh but the key is that we tell our kids uh that we love them Mm -hmm. that we support them we want to help them and we'll figure it out together we'll figure out what to do uh it might be hard and it might be challenging and i think it's okay as a parent to say you know, I don't know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to handle this right now, but we'll, we will figure it out mm-hmm. and just make sure that you know that you're together in this. And so that's, that's a great lesson. I love teaching this lesson. I love <laughs> helping kids to understand that parents aren't the enemy <laughs> at this mm-hmm. age. They might start to think that a little bit, but it's really just because they're growing up. They're trying to get that independence and they're starting to spread their wings a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we give them that chance and that we allow them to fail, like yeah. we talked about earlier, and that we give them that self-confidence that, hey, we, we will get through this. It'll be yeah. okay. And then and that's confidence in their family as well and in their moms and dads. So that's about it. Yeah. I think those are the lessons. And so if you guys um, have questions, if you want to know more, if you need us to support you in any way, please uh, reach out, email us, give us feedback about the podcast, give us feedback about the lessons. We are always anxious to hear from our parents. Mm -hmm. We love that involvement. And we really want to be a solid connection. You know, the the whole premise of this podcast is that we are building that connection so that we're communicating Mm -hmm. back and forth. It works really great from our end we're giving you guys all this information <laughs> we want you to be able to give it back yes, to us please do we, uh-huh. we love hearing from you and 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 this is a journey right this we want to help you with your competencies and confidence and, and it's a cycle and you'll help us you yes. know when we hear from you and and learn from you with how we're helping your students or how we it it, it becomes a positive feedback loop for each other and, and that's totally what we want with with you all all right well share the podcast um please go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe and uh i think you can rate us there i think on itunes you can go and you can leave uh comments there you can yeah, yeah, yeah. leave a recommendation or a, or a rating so we'd love to see all of that because we really just want our podcast to grow so that we can reach as many families as as we can you yeah amen to that all right you guys have a great day and we'll see you in a couple weeks